0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dallas Christian College Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Spees, the Director of Advancement here at the college, and we want to thank you for joining us for this series that we have titled Summer Reruns. This month, we are revisiting some of our most popular episodes from the 100 podcasts that we have shared since our first episode was released on November 2nd, 2020. Today, we are going back to what is probably one of the most popular podcast series that we have aired, our Bible Words series. And in this first episode of the series, Dr. Eddie Sanders, the chair of DCC's Practical Ministries Department, will help us understand the person of Jesus as Messiah and Christ. Here is the original podcast from Monday, August 15, 2022, Bible Words, Episode 1, Messiah Christ. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dallas Christian College Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Spees, the Director of Advancement here at DCC, and we're grateful that you have joined us as we begin a new series that we have titled Bible Words. The past two podcast series have focused on biblical leadership, which was our Serve Like the King series, as well as Unity our One Faith, One Body series that focused on uh, passages from the book of Ephesians. This new series is going to feature topical discussions on words that are spoken in our churches and around our neighborhoods that have a re- a rich and deep history. And we're pleased once again to have the head of DCC's Practical Ministries Department, Dr. Eddie Sanders, spearheading this podcast series and this project. Dr. Sanders has been on staff here at the college for more than six years now and has been a guest on several of our podcast series. So welcome back, Dr. Sanders. Thanks. Good to be here. And we're going to turn it over to you now and let you introduce this series and and share a little bit about what we can look forward to in the coming weeks.
1: Yeah, thanks, Scott. So our focus in the Bible Word series is on getting a Bible word from their world into ours. There is plenty, plenty of work and sermons, lessons, and podcasts explaining biblical words in the first century. Mm. There truly is no shortage. Our goal is to get into the lives of the original audience and understand the Word. And then we want to go a step further. We want to contextualize these words effectively and accurately, and we want to bring them to life in our day. So that's what we're doing in this next series. Now, contextualization means that we're going to appropriately apply the Word in our context. We want to frame the word and its message and definition with language and communication forms that are meaningful to us. I know that was a lot. I know it was a mouthful. Hang in there with me. There are meaningful messages behind all of these words. The words we're working through in Bible words are words, as you mentioned, that we've heard around the church as long as you've been around the church. Mm -hmm. These words are used often, and we assume we understand what they're getting at, but there's a true depth there. There's a true richness there that's guided by the Spirit that I think will surprise all of us. So in this series, we're going to slow down. We're going to slow down with these well-known words and really get at what they're communicating in our world. You're going to get the biblical context, religious and political background, all that good stuff, and we're going to get At what the word gets at. Each podcast will begin with a brief definition. Now, we think this definition is our best and current attempt to really get at what the word should conceptually communicate. The arena we're playing in is called semantics. Now, the challenge of offering a relevant definition is that it can't cover the entire word, and well, that's why the podcast will explain the rest of it, so hang with us past the one-sentence definition. The words we're going to look at in this series include the following. Love, Messiah, Christ, justice, gospel, blessing, Savior, worship, faith, and holy. Now, Scott, have you heard any of those words around the church? I've
0: heard all those words from the time I was young, but like you said, I imagine my understanding and my ability to apply them to my life has changed a lot, especially as I've gotten older, or as our context and as our, our world society has changed. And so I'm really looking forward to what you and, and I know Dr. Halen's going to participate in this as well in the coming weeks. I think it's going to be a fascinating discussion. Yes, good. And what really prompted this to
1: uh, let us go this way is just in a conversation with Dr. Halen. We were thinking out loud and kind of lamenting how the word love has kind of become a political word. Mm -hmm. You've certainly noticed that. And when we slow down and look at love, for instance, in Scripture, there is such a powerful message that the church should hold faithfully to. I think it's the same with Messiah, Christ, and and the rest Mm -hmm. of the list. So if you're ready, let's jump in with Messiah and Christ. Excellent. This is a very, very, very familiar word, Christ or Messiah. We combine these two words in one session because Christ is the New Testament version of the Old Testament's word Messiah. In short, they're the same word, one Hebrew, one Greek. Mm -hmm. You ready for my one-sentence definition? Let's hear it. Let's go. The resurrected king who makes everything right. Messiah or king means the resurrected king who makes everything right. Now, again, there is so much to this word. An adequate definition would be well over a paragraph long. Well, and I guess that's why we have theological dictionaries that you remember from. probably been uh, books written on this. Yes, yes, there are. But my study and thinking leads me to suggest that the king, the resurrected king who makes everything right, really gets at what Christ or Messiah means. Let me work through the definition, the resurrected king who makes everything right. First, the resurrection. Now, this could easily be a separate session, and we may do that in the future. But in this definition, it's pointing to the physical and bodily resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth in that tomb or cave in Israel on that early Sunday morning. One Friday before sunset, Jesus's heart stopped and he was physically dead. And then early Sunday morning, he physically rose from the dead. What's resurrection getting at in our definition? It's getting at the reality that death is not the final word. Death is not final anymore. Death is temporary. So Christ and Messiah, when spoken in a church, includes behind it that death really is not the end. That, that's, that's the basis of our Christian faith, and it's all wrapped up in this word, Messiah or Christ. There was a resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth And as a result, there will be many, many, many more resurrections Mm. to come. Second, the king, the resurrected king. At the basic understanding of the Messiah is the imagery and action of anointing, specifically to anoint with an oil. What's that about? It is to pour an oil or similar substance on a special person's head. Well... Who was anointed? In Israel, in ancient Israel, first and foremost, the anointing was for the king. He was God's chosen, God's special, God's anointed one. He was a Messiah. He was a king. Mm-hmm. Anointing someone with a symbolic action that accomplished the, fo- this accomplished the following and more. The anointed person was initiated into service of some sort. The anointed person was set apart from others. The anointed person had a special status. The anointed person was under God's favor and protection. This anointed person had a special task immediately when the oil was poured. We understand these concepts. Now, we don't pour oil very often. Uh, some churches do, some some contexts do, and that's great. But I think a similar image in our culture is a graduation ceremony Mm -hmm. or possibly a military change of command, a swearing-in of politicians or judges, inaugurations for presidents and leaders are contemporary examples of we're saying this person is set aside for service. This person is he's got a special status. She has God's favor. This person is anointed. That, that's what those ceremonies are getting at. Does that, does that make sense?
0: Yes, very much so, and I think it's easy for our listeners to imagine that, especially in the, in the context of what we do politically. So,
1: There were three anointed groups of people that the biblical word world understood. As I mentioned, the king was first on the list, but second was the priest, and third was the prophet. Jesus as the anointed king fulfilled all three of these roles. Numerous New Testament passages point to these roles. One passage from Hebrews 3. You who share in a heavenly calling, the Hebrew author writes, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, who was faithful to him who appointed him. The Messiah is the resurrected king. Third is the phrase, who makes everything right. The resurrected king who makes everything right. The Messiah, the Christ, he is the one who makes everything right. The phrase makes everything right is the kingdom idea that just permeates Scripture. This is the kingdom of God language and idea that Jesus never stopped talking about during his ministry. Jesus really did bring a new world order. He showed folks, just like me and you, a new way of doing things. He showed people how to live differently, better, and rightly. So how does he make everything right? Well, we've talked about death already. Second, we come to the issue of suffering. As we know from our experience, life is filled with suffering. We struggle to hold on to our faith as a result many times. It shows up at the front door with a frown and a suitcase when we least expect it. Suffering is part of life, and oftentimes it moves into the spare bedroom. So what if we had a Messiah who was unlike us in every way? What if we had a king who had not suffered. That would just be weird and unrelatable. At the heart of Messiah, who makes everything right, is the message that he suffered. Mm -hmm. He suffered to the point and established that death was not the end
0: of the story. That's good. I know Isaiah speaks about the, the suffering servant when we look at Isaiah 53 and passage that we're all familiar with, especially at the time of Easter when we talk about Christ's suffering, that Passion Week, all of the things that he experienced leading up to the crucifixion, and that sets that up well as, as someone, and the writer of Hebrews speaks about that, that we have a priest who is able to, to sympathize with us, who knows our weaknesses, who knows our sufferings, and so that, that's great. Yep.
1: The resurrected king who makes everything right— Dr. Halen sent me a helpful image of a river, a river confluence where, where two rivers meet. One side was from one mountain range and the other was from a geographically different and separated mountain range. Well, much like the Mississippi or Missouri rivers that join waters from two different parts of the continent. The one who makes everything right brings together kingship and suffering. Does that make sense? Suffering was part of the Messiah's identity. And numerous passages, as you you just mentioned, point to this. Mm -hmm. The suffering that we experience, Jesus the Messiah did too. Jesus suffered far worse uh, than than I can even imagine, to be very honest with you. He's resurrected, though. Death is not the end. He's a king, but an unexpected king. One who faced suffering and death and did not run from it and then conquered it. The Christian Messiah, Jesus, is the resurrected king who makes everything right. Well, what is everything? Well, a section of scripture that has really helped me view this is Mark 4 through 5. The full of the passage is this. Jesus teaches by the Sea of Galilee with his disciples to a large crowd. They, the disciples and him leave in a boat. Jesus calms a furious storm, we know this story, when it threatens their lives. Mm -hmm. Then they travel to a non-Jewish area and heals a demon-possessed man. Then, upon returning across Sea of Galilee, the the lake, he's he's on the way to heal a synagogue leader's daughter named Jairus, and on the way he heals an outcast woman who touches Mm -hmm. his clothing. Then he raises the synagogue leader's daughter from the dead. I know I just put uh, several stories packed Uh in in about 20 seconds. Well, what is everything? Based on these three stories, right in a row, I think it gets at what the resurrected king is making right. Here's what he does. Jesus overpowers nature when he calms the storm. He overrules the demonic realm, Mm -hmm. and he overcomes death. So the resurrected king has made right nature that was threatening to life, the spiritual and demonic realm that was messed up, and then death, mm-hmm. which had the final word up to that moment. He was making everything right in those stories and in that passage in Mark. Oh, that's awesome. Let me give you a, an image for the resurrected king who makes everything right. Have you heard of a smartphone smartphone? I have. (laughs) Of course, everyone, you know, probably most everyone is listening to this on a smartphone. Have you read the text of when it was released by Steve Jobs? I think it's helpful we understand the concept here. In January 2007, Steve Jobs with Apple builds to his presentation that everybody's excited about. And here's what he says. Well, today, Steve Jobs says... Today, we're introducing three revolutionary products of this class. The iPod class is what he's referring to. He says, the first one is a widescreen iPod with touch control. The second is a revolutionary mobile phone. And the third is a breakthrough internet communications device. So he's got everybody's attention. Mm -hmm. This is not part of the speech. This is my commentary. He's got everybody's attention saying, hey, we're offering three new things here. Back to the speech. So he says... Three things, a widescreen iPod with touch controls, a revolutionary mobile phone, and a breakthrough internet communications device. An iPod, a phone, and an internet communicator. An iPod, a phone, are you getting it? And everybody laughs. Then he says, these are not three separate devices. This is one device. We're calling it iPhone. Wow. Today, Apple is going to reinvent the phone, and here it is. And the Mm -hmm. speech goes on, and the rest is history, as you know. The crowd goes wild, and our world is not the same, for better or for worse, because of these smartphones. How does this relate to the Messiah, the Christ? A prophet, a priest, Mm -hmm. a suffering king. Are you getting it? These are not three separate people. This is one resurrected king who makes everything right. And concerning God's Son who descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the Spirit of holiness by His resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. And we're calling Him the suffering Messiah. What about today? Well, I still think He is making things right. He's changing hearts. He's moving people to give generously. He heals He helps. He repairs marriages. The list goes on and on. Why is there so much suffering and trouble, you ask? Why is the world around us, it seems to be falling apart. Why why is that? We'll, We'll have to address that with another word later. But we must end our focus on Messiah and Christ with this definition. He's the resurrected king who makes everything right, starting with death. When the lake is calm, the disciples are looking at each other. They are like, what in the world just happened? Mark records a couple interesting questions. The lake is calm. The disciples look at each other and say, what what just happened? Jesus looks at them and asks, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? This leaves the disciples asking, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Who is it? It's the Christ, the resurrected King, who makes everything right. And where he goes first is our heart and our faith and our mind.
0: Does that make sense? That's excellent. Yes, it does very much so. And as you were speaking, I was reminded, uh, especially as we were talking about anointing, uh, if you uh, go back and and look at our uh, podcast series on Serve Like the King— uh, that was uh, released in January of this year, we talked about the anointing of King Saul and, and what it means to actually be a, a servant leader in the way that God intended that Jesus modeled for us. Uh, I also know that uh, Dr. Mark Kalin did a series on this idea of, of resurrecting and resurrecting from the deads. As he calls it, and that was last year's Easter series, March 29th and April 4th of 2021. So I'd uh, encourage our listeners to go there as well. Uh, I think this is going to be a fascinating series because many of us, just as you uh, you know shared in the introduction, we have an understanding, <laughs> maybe a very limited understanding of what these words mean, or a uh, an understanding based on our context, and we need to uh, to move into what really the biblical text is saying. So any closing words that you have before we wrap this up?
1: Let us grow in our faith with the resurrected King.
0: Absolutely. So if you want to learn more about Dallas Christian College, we encourage you to check out our website, www.dallas.edu. As always, uh, you can check out other episodes on our different platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Google Podcasts, uh, as well as here on the Dallas Christian College website. Thank you, Dr. Sanders, for sharing today. We look forward to continuing in this series. And uh, next, you'll hear from Dr. Mark Halen on a discussion on the word love, uh, which I think will be very engaging as well. In the meantime, take care, stay safe, have a great day, and thank you for joining us for this episode of the Dallas Christian College Leadership Podcast.